by Annie Warrior Podcast, Episode 7, The Cooking Warrior Priest with Father Leo Penalinghug. Alright guys, and welcome to episode 7 of the Bionic Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Guru Mike Panna, Chief Instructor and Founder of the Bionic Warrior Martial Arts Academy, located right here in the sunny Dallas, Texas area. In today's episode, I sit down with Father Leo Panalinghug. Uh, Father Leo is a very unique and talented individual. Uh, Father Leo is a double black belt world champion martial artist. He is also a celebrity chef who defeated the Bobby Flay in a Food Network throwdown. In addition to that, he is also a Catholic priest. Uh, I've been fortunate to actually meet Father Leo. I met him at St. Anne's Catholic Church in Capel, Texas uh, this past year. Um, and he was kind enough to actually bring my wife and I up on stage during one of the uh, events for married couples. In today's episode, we discuss his martial arts background, his cooking background, how he was able to get onto Food Network's Throwdown starring Bobby Flay and beat him, as well as his outreach ministry, Grace Before Meals, and his upcoming outreach ministry, The Table Foundation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Father Leo Penalinghug. All right, Father Leo, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Welcome. All right. Thank you so much. So I just wanted to uh, start it off. Uh, I gave a little bit of background info on you, uh, but I would like to have the audience uh, learn a little bit more about you as well. I would like them to know your background, uh, you know, where you're from, as well as your background in martial arts and uh, the priesthood, obviously. So I'm a priest uh, living in the Baltimore City area. I'm a member of a community of consecrated life called Voluntas Dei, which means the will of God, which is a little different because my work is as a priest, certainly, but I'm also a chef and I uh, have a cooking show on TV. I'm the host of a food and faith movement called gracebeforemeals.com, something to bring families back around the dinner table. And I've been a priest for now 18 years. But prior to the priesthood, I um, was a martial arts instructor at uh, my brother's institute, still existing today, called the Kick Connection. And there I taught Taekwondo, uh, with third degree black belt in the ITF, International Taekwondo Federation. And I'm also a third Dan and uh, third degree black belt in Arnis, which is Filipino full contact stick knife defense. Uh, it's also known as Kali or Iskrima, depending on your style of Philippine martial arts. And that's awesome uh, because we at Bionic Warrior Martial Arts, as I know I've told you this already, we teach the Filipino martial arts. That's where we're about. And I actually heard about you uh, through one of my uh, brothers in the Sayakali tribe, uh, Guru Joey Marana from Baltimore, Maryland, who also trains at the Kick Connection as well. Uh, So that's really a great connection right there. Um, And regarding your martial arts background, I kind of want to dig into it a little bit. Um, You know, what got you started in martial arts? Is it a family thing? You know, did you watch a movie that inspired you to do martial arts? You know, what got you into it? Sure. Well, my brother was the one who actually started the whole thing for my family. Uh, In fact, my dad and my oldest sister uh, were all black belts in the martial arts as well. My mom and my other sister are not. They always say that we'll take care of them. That's not a problem. But the my brother started it off. because he kind of uh, took on Bruce Lee as an idol. We watched the movie The Game of Death, and that certainly had an impact on me. I thought that it was cool. And then, of course, watching Saturday afternoon kung fu flicks, that was pretty awesome. 
And then, of course, just growing up as a little Filipino-American, people would pick on me. And so I, I did feel that I, I needed something to give me confidence. And I became real good at it. So I started off at about maybe seven or eight years old. I got my junior black belt when I was 12 years old. Uh, and then I became kind of like an instructor when I was 14. And then when I was 19, I was uh, teaching full time uh, with my brother at the school kick connection. But I'm just curious if you still train and if you do, uh, do you still train over in uh, Baltimore? No, I don't get a chance to see the brother too often at all because I am on the road a bit. Yeah. Uh, I do try to exercise pretty regularly and I do stretch and I'll do some kicks. Uh, but as far as the martial arts, really what I do it for now is in some of my talks called spiritual combat because mm -hmm. I'll use some of those fighting principles in martial arts and turn it into something spiritual because there is a greater enemy out there who wants to kind of hurt us from within, like a, a spirit, so to speak. Uh, and so I use those techniques. And when I do them, I will show them a couple of my moves, um, brief as they may be, as I'm getting older and not as healthy as I was. But when I was younger, I was, I was good. Um, and it was, it, let's just say that when I was uh, younger, I, I trained pretty hard that I competed on a couple international teams and won a couple of world uh, world world championship titles. Nice. So while I can't do all of those moves as I did before, there's still such a part of me that I know that if I had to respond, I think I could still defend myself um, if I had to. Right, absolutely. And speaking of self-defense, you know, um, uh, I am also born and raised Catholic, um, and I've come across many people in throughout my life, uh, even Catholics, who believe that martial arts and Christianity do not mix. And um, I'm curious as to your take on that, uh, you know, because there's a lot of passages in the Bible about turning the other cheek. And many people view the Catholic faith as a pacifistic belief system. And I'm curious as what you'd have to say about that. Yeah. So I get this question a lot, and I think it always depends on the instructor. Uh, we, we do know that there are Eastern spiritualities incorporated in some forms of martial arts. And you can become literally a deadly weapon. And if you don't have a good teacher teaching you the most important character of a true martial artist, which is humility, you know, it's humility. We're not here to pick any fights. And so I would tell people any inconsistency. In fact, learning martial arts has helped me to become a better priest, a better Christian, because, yes, I do know how to be humble. And, yes, I can turn the other cheek when it comes to me. But if it's to defend somebody else, I certainly want to be able to do what I can to step in, even if it requires me to sacrifice myself. After all, Jesus did that. You know, he stood in the place of others and they persecuted him. And, uh, and I just think that what martial arts can do is teach you not only how to be humble, it can teach you what your gifts are as also what your limitations are. And that is the sign of a humble person. And the other thing that martial arts taught me was just discipline in general, um, you know, to be in a way a master of yourself, to be able to take care of yourself and, and know what you're capable of doing. And that's just that only comes from discipline and that comes from hard work. And that is why I think uh, achieving a black belt to this day is one of my greatest feats. I mean, Listen, I, I have a lot of things that I'm proud of, but being a black belt at a young age was certainly one of them as well.
Absolutely. And I'm curious, um, you mentioned that you've done you, your uh, martial arts, a black belt in Filipino martial arts. Uh, is there a particular system that you're qualified in or did you have a black belt in? Dosi Pares. Oh, Dosi Pares. Awesome. Yeah, that's a very popular system. That's, a, that's amazing. I've seen, I've heard about you talking about it, but I'm, like, I'm not sure which system or lineage he's, uh, he belongs to. So that's just for me. Just <laughs> to know. Akwe yeah. Kenyete. Mm. Grand master of it all, the one who kind of even helped train with Bruce Lee. Right. Uh, he's a friend of our families. Mm. And when I was younger, he'd come over to our studio and he would show us his moves. And even at like an 80 year old man would still be throwing me around. And it's <laughs> really humbling. It's right. very to do that, uh, to go through that experience. But again, you know, uh, Dosi Paras is just one of many systems uh, in the, in the martial, in Philippine martial arts. But that's the one that we did as a family, and we kind of grew in popularity with it to the point where, thankfully, we've had some world championships come out of our schools. You're a very uh, unique individual to be able to be a you know an escrimador, you know black belt, you know, and now you're also a celebrity chef, and I kind of want to talk about that a little bit because going from you know uh, martial artist to almost celebrity chef, um, how did that turn out for you? How did you get started in cooking? There's nothing that makes any sense, to be honest with you. You know, I was a break dancer as well, a martial <laughs> artist, and now a priest, and now a cook on yeah, TV. Yeah. Who does this? Well, I think what you've got to do is remember that uh, I think a martial artist has to always be willing to learn something new and always keep themselves open. And I found my passions for food in the culinary world grow when I studied to be a priest in the seminary at the North American College in Rome. And it was there that I knew how to cook before because my mom's a great cook and she was a home ec teacher. And since I am her favorite child, she taught me all of the yeah. family. But after that, it was really about just experiencing this culture that was just so culinarily influenced. Everything in Italy happens around a dinner that lasts for about three hours. Mm -hmm. You know, in America, I think we live to work in mm -hmm. some European countries like Italy. They work to to live, you know, and, and to really have a good lifestyle is someone who is disciplined with what they eat, but they also take time with it. But they know that food is more than just bodily sustenance. It's an opportunity to build community. Mm -hmm. So when I was a seminarian student, I also took some classes at the Cordon Bleu in Perugia, just because I wanted to learn a little bit more about the Italian cuisine. And then I come back to America and I just, for fun, cook for families, cook for big events. Uh, and it turned literally into this movement, which turned into a book. The book got the attention of the Food Network. The Food Network turned it into what they wanted to do was a, a show about family meals. Turned out to be a cooking competition with Bobby Flay. I beat him nice. and it's taken off since then. It's been amazing. Right. And that's awesome. You know, just the fact that, I mean, you're probably the first priest to be on the Food Network, if I'm not mistaken. You're probably the only priest on the Food Network, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, I, no, I think I am the first. No, I'm not. I'm not the only. There is another oh, priest. Oh, really? Didn't do too well in the competition. Right. But he, a couple years, several years after me, it was on Chop. They asked me to do a show on Chop, hmm. but I couldn't do it. It was my schedule's crazy. We right. trapped filming. But I am the first priest on the Food Network, and I know that that was a big deal show for them because they kept asking me to consider doing other things, and I would have loved to. But, you know, what's really interesting is that the collar, I don't have it on today because I'm just at home. Right, right. Uh, 
they, the, the Roman collar kind of freaks people out. Right. And I know that that would freak people out if they saw me regularly, you know, yeah, yeah. food network show once and having a lot of fun. People loved it. Mm. I mean, I got over 2 million unique visitors to my website on the night that the show premiered. Mm. 2 million wow. people visited my website. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. It's unbelievable. But that's the power and the outreach. But I just think that, you know, God certainly didn't want me to have a show on the Food Network because I think my head would be so swollen and, and I'm <laughs> arrogant and I'm glad that I'm not on the Food mm -hmm. Network. But I'm, I'm certainly happy to have a regular TV show mm -hmm. and I'm certainly happy to do what I do now is just I travel and I speak and I film and I do radio just to bring people together in a way like what you're doing with your podcast, Martial Artist Community. Mm -hmm. And hopefully this is expanding your martial arts audience's mind to never limit yourself to just one system of learning. I think that's one reason why I got into the food is because I saw that the biggest battle is food fight. It's mm -hmm. a real fight. Who's going to feed you? There are many competing forces that want to feed you mm -hmm. the same way there are many types of teachers who want you to only be their student. And that's a problem. You gotta learn from many. Right, absolutely. I really, I really appreciate you saying that. And you know, in terms of your cooking background, this is just a just a fun question. You know, what is your favorite food? I'm curious. Well, what is your favorite food? Yeah, I, I everyone always asks that, and I always say, whatever is in your kitchen, I'll turn it into something, and that's my favorite food for that moment. <laughs> I like that answer. Okay. Um, and I want to kind of talk about um, you know what's going on in the church, uh, even though this is not a necessarily a religious uh, podcast. Um, I know because of your background as a priest, as well as my upbringing as a Catholic. Um, one thing I was I was studying recently were statistics, and it appears, and being that we're both Filipino Americans, um, it appears that more and more young Filipino Americans are leaving the Catholic faith. Um, many of them believe that the Catholic faith is relevant, um, and it is simply uh, in our lives as the result of hundreds of years of Spanish rule. Um, and I want to know what you would have to say about that, because this is something that I, as a Filipino-American Catholic, has strugg have struggled with. I know many Filipino-Americans that I grew up with who walked away from the faith, and I would like to hear from you what your take is on that. Well, I mean, I think part of it has to do with a little bit of arrogance. So, I mean, I hate to say it, but mm -hmm. I think people who leave the church are usually for not good reasons. Mm -hmm. It's usually for esoteric reasons or headlines that they bought into, and they basically are, 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 are victims of the last book that they read, which is generally anti-church. Mm -hmm. And I think that the Catholic Church is such probably the most powerful church in all of world history. Mm -hmm. I mean— I, I would have enough statistics to challenge many people on that regard. We've done the most good for the longest period of time. Um, in, unfortunately, what people pay attention to is just the bad news of the church. But if you the 2,000 years history, people want a reason not to be committed to something that calls us out of ourselves. It's like I remember there was a karate student who I had. He was a, I called it karate, but... He was a Taekwondo student. He was a spoiled brat, frankly, and I disciplined him and I wanted I saw his potential. And so I wanted him to grow and I disciplined. Him. And he just decided to leave and do soccer instead. Yeah, and I love soccer, too. But but ultimately, I know that the reason why he didn't like it was because I kind of turned the heat up on him. I expected more from him, which is, I think, what the Catholic Church does. The Catholic Church wants you not to be a nice guy or mediocre in your good. The Catholic Church wants you to be a saint. 
And there are many people who never see themselves as able to become a saint. So they chicken out a bit. Um, I think also the bad press, we certainly have had our fair share of just stupid people in the church do horrific things. And that puts a very bad taste in people's mouth. But, you know, if you were to take a look at that percentage, it's like minuscule compared to the good. I'm just simply making a very constructive observation Mm -hmm. that the percentage is horrifically low. I mean, excuse me, gratefully low compared to the horrific. And how about this? Family members are the highest level of abuse victims, but we don't give up on family. Mm. That's a long way to defend the church. I'm not trying to defend it. I'm just simply saying that I think people leave because they want a reason to not be the best person they can possibly be. And so in terms of, you know, the Catholic Church in this country, do you see a resurgence? I know that you have a very unique ministry, which we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, but, you know, do you see a resurgence in the church among the young people? Um, you know, or do you seeing this almost this movement coming of young people coming back? No, I don't see anything on a, on a big scale level. But what I see are qualitative mm-hmm. people back to church. Okay, so while many people may be leaving the church for generally esoteric, silly reasons, there are a good number of people, certainly not as many as leaving, but the person coming into the church is a significant number, but more significant is the reason why they come into the Catholic church. Qualitative, full freedom decision to become a Catholic because of the theology, because of the influence that we have, because there is a method to seek excellence and greatness in their own personal spiritual life. You know, and so that's that's edifying for me. Unfortunately, sometimes you have to become smaller in order to become better. It would be nicer if we could get quantity and quality, but on this side of heaven, that's not gonna happen. You know, but I also think, and just in relation to martial arts, because I know this is the martial arts podcast, I think also because Christians are always gonna face an upward battle. You know, mm-hmm. I cannot find a martial arts movie where the hero doesn't face an uphill battle, mm-hmm. even within his own, right? within his own like school, you know? So if I think that if it's easy to become a Christian, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I like that. No, that's absolutely right. I, I really appreciate you saying that as well. And so in terms of your ministry, let's talk about Grace Before Meals. I know you mentioned it a little bit earlier. Um, you know, when it came to what, what brought that about? I mean, the, I'm pretty sure that there has been no other ministry which centered around food and family. Like what inspired you to make it a movement or what inspired you to write these books? And, you know, kind of I know that you talked about your time in Italy, but really what brought this kind of movement together for you? I'm glad you didn't say ministry because it's really not because you don't have to be a priest or a nun to do this. Mm-hmm. You just have to be a person and hungry. To do it. <laughs> yeah. I cook because yeah. I think it's easy to touch people's hearts and minds by going through a person's stomach. Mm. You know, I think that we can become friends if we are willing to take time and feed people in body first, mm. and then you can touch their minds and their souls. You know, I, I'm really uh, impressed. Like my. The, the Protestant Church and the Catholic and the Catholic Church they they didn't always get along in the Philippines, and the Catholic Church figured out why so many people were leaving. It's because the Protestant churches were actually giving candy out before their services. Yeah. And so, I mean, my dad is Protestant. He was Protestant for many years, so mm. he grew up Protestant because he said he didn't like going to the Catholic Church because all they served was you know bread and wine. At the <laughs> Protestant Church, they were getting like candy. Yeah. So. Uh, 
I, I say that because that is, in a way, the method for me. It's I can't just simply be a priest and start shoving faith down people's throats because mm-hmm. they're just going to regurgitate it. Yeah. We got to take it in a bite sizable step by step. Like you got to learn how to do a walking stance before you can learn how to do a, you know, spinning back kick. And so, so these kind of basics is what I'm trying to do. Just get back to the basics of the Catholic Church, which is Jesus feeding the hungry. He's right. a shepherd feeding the flock. That's what I do. Right. And I, what's really interesting about your style, I saw you know your Grace Before Meals promo video on YouTube several years ago when I was first introduced to your work. Um, and I believe you mentioned this in talks before, but you belong to an order uh, that interacts and works to the secular audience. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think that's very interesting. Yeah. Many people don't know what it is, but it's actually not an order because mm. an order lives with their own members mm. like a, a house usually on a hill far, far away. Yeah. Oh, and it's beautiful. And yeah. um, although I have the same consecration as someone in the religious order, I'm a secular institute, which basically means a unique branch for the Catholic Church that literally consecrates its members and sends them into the world to be 11 in society, mm. so to speak. Uh, and so I'm a little different than like a parish priest that you would have at church, although I have a complete respect for what they do, it's just not my calling to be only in one place. And because I don't have one parish or church building to minister in, literally the whole world is my parish. You know, mm. in a way, hopefully people are getting good news from this podcast, that then I'm ministering to you. Mm. And when I do work in a restaurant, because I'm doing like a fundraiser for a particular charity event. Those are my people. That's my flock. So it's a little different, but it's, again, no different from what the earliest church had to do. They had to go out into the world and spread the good news. That's what Jesus's uh, official mandate was at the end of Matthew's gospel. Just a little Bible for everybody. Yeah, nice. And uh, you know, I'm curious. Do you have any plans? To, we we're talking about the martial arts background that you have, uh, and I've seen your videos. I mean, you're very modest. I've, I saw that one video where you flew over that kid and you did a flying sidekick through that board. I mean, I can't even do that. Um, yeah. I think your skills are still there. I'm pretty sure other people would agree. Uh, do you think you would ever get back into teaching martial arts? Because I personally think it would be a great thing to have. Uh, it might be a great way to, uh, you know, uh, kind of find common ground with young people, especially now in these days where you know. God forbid, you know, there's terrorist attacks. And things like that. I think it would be cool to see a priest teaching self-defense. Did you ever consider doing that? I had when I was younger. I was dreaming that I was like uh, the thoroughfare for the Pope. You know, <laughs> the guy waves the smoky incenser around. Yeah. Uh, my dream was that I was, you know, leading the Pope with this big thoroughfare. And some guy tries to attack the Pope. And I use that seriously as a weapon, you know, <laughs> swinging around like a... Uh, the chain and the knife kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. The wushu artists. So um, is there a, any plans for me to get involved more in the martial arts? The technical answer is no, hmm. but I will always be involved in it. And my work with my brother, hmm. who is still a martial arts and still producing world champions, and my sister even has her own little dojo as well, teaching, I, I kind of form them. Uh, their students sometimes come to me for spiritual kind of counsel because, you know, martial arts can't be your religion. It mm-hmm. can be a part of a way of life. Um, so 
I, I can't see myself doing that full time, but I do see myself using all of the principles that I learned, discipline and respect and, and, and mastery of self, because I'm, I'm opening up, God willing, a house in Baltimore called the Table Foundation, mm. which will be a cafe, uh, a place where people can go for thematic dinners. And the reason why I would use my martial arts is because the people I want to employ are former convicts, ex-cons. Mm. And so I want to be able to make sure they got to know that, that I'm not here to mess around and that mm. I will continue to use my instructorship, black belt, mastership level. And, and, and if I need to, I will beat the heaven into them. Yeah. <laughs> hurt harm anyone physically, but I think that is the sign of a good martial artist, someone who can use his skills without having to use his skills. I like that. I like that a lot. And so um, this Table Foundation sounds fascinating. Um, you're talking about employing convicts. What uh, brought this about in your mind? Was there a certain situation that inspired you to start the Table Foundation? Yeah, I mean, Pope Francis last year had established 2016 as the year of mercy. And uh, mercy is basically being able to forgive people who've done horrible things. Mm -hmm. While the Catholic Church is, again, the leader of going into prisons and helping you know, men and women incarcerated find peace in their heart and soul, what happens when they leave? Mm. They don't always get a merciful reception like the prodigal son did when he came home to his loving dad, but the brother rejected him. So I wanna be a voice for the church, and I'm just simply one of many people who care about prisoners. Um, I actually hired my first person to work at the Table Foundation. He is an ex-con and he is a martial artist. He worked in security detail. And so we had an instant connection, but he also knows not to mess with me because I am a little bit healthier than he is these days. But that's another story. Yeah. But he, uh, he just was such an influence in my life that I realized there are more of these men and women who kind of need this discipline, which the martial arts gave to me, which the Catholic Church has given to me and which my experiences as a priest has given to me. And I wanna be able to share that with them, but also use my food background and make some awesome, delicious food with a message. So I'll pray that that gets started because that sounds like a fantastic idea. So we're winding down on time. We're getting to the end of the interview and I ask all of my interviewees uh, this question. Uh, Father Leo, in your opinion, what does it mean to be a hero? I think to be a hero means to be humble, willing to give up everything that they have for the good of others. Because if you're not a hero, you're either the victim or you're the villain. You choose. Awesome, awesome. And so how can uh, people learn more about you? Do you have a website? Do you have a YouTube channel? Yeah, all they got to do is go to gracebeforemeals.com. Uh, my Twitter and Instagram are cooking underscore priest. And then to find out about the martial arts system, they can just go to Kick Connection in Baltimore, Maryland, look up Kick Connection, and they can find out where my brother is. And I'm sure my brother will tell all these stories about how I was a mean instructor when I was teaching there. Well, I would love to hear those stories, and I'd love to hopefully find some vintage footage of you training. Uh, that would be awesome. You put him on your interview, then. You might want to get in touch with him. Okay. I'll definitely, I, that sounds awesome. I definitely consider it, especially since Joey Marana, he's from that school, so I'm sure we could set something up. So. Thank you very much, Father Leo, for taking the time. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us before you leave? No, except for this. And we were taught that the five tenets of martial arts were, um, were things like um, courtesy, perseverance, self-control, integrity, and indomitable spirit. That's something to pray for.
Amen. All right. Father Leo, thank you so much for taking the time. And I look forward to uh, seeing all the great stuff that you're going to be coming out with. I, I have a good feeling about everything you're doing. All right. Peace. Thank, thank you very much. All right, guys, so there you have it, my interview with Father Leo Padalinghug. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Episode 7. I look forward to seeing you in Episode 8. God bless, take care, and remember to be the hero in your life.